0: Hey there from the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. This is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, and we hope you're doing well amongst this coronavirus pandemic. We got some great news to report, especially amongst all the negative news of the coronavirus. We have the most priests coming to our diocese since 1964. It's a class of eight Really exciting times here in the Diocese of Springfield. We got two of the guys right here. We got Deacon Michael Burns. Good to see you, Deacon Michael, and Deacon Peter Chenecki. Good yep. to see you as well. Thank you. You guys will be ordained June 19th. Uh, with it'll be six of you guys now. Last month Bishop Apraki uh, ordained two of the priests, Father Kosk and Father Pavel. So uh, there will be eight total. You guys are. I know you're. You're jacked up. You're jacked up. I mean, this the ordination date's coming. So right out of the gate, the first thing I got to ask you guys. We'll start with you, Deacon Burnt. How pumped are you to become a priest?
1: Yeah, super excited. As you know, I mean the date was on May twenty third. So like they pushed out a month. So I have you know, I, I printed off like these little holy cards that say May twenty third on it. And, you know, no not a problem. But I, I'm <laughs> I'm uh totally pumped to get started. Uh I don't know, just, just just a maybe a sense of even normalcy in the midst of all this. Go to a parish, um, you know, with the new pastor, and I don't know, it's 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 super super exciting. Six years in the making.
0: Yeah, so. we'll get to a lot of that. You're going to Christ the King in Springfield mm-hmm. and Deacon Peter. You will be at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, which yep. we're we're here right now, recording six feet away from each other. A little yeah. bit of a you know new thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, how excited are you?
2: I'm super excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. I want I'm, I'm going to get into all your guys' stories because I think. Everyone's story to the priesthood is so fascinating, um, but both of you have, you know, some more unique tracks. Obviously, uh, Deacon uh, Peter, you're from Africa, so the one thing I want to get into is how the heck do you land in Springfield of all places? Yeah. And you know, Deacon Burnt, I know you are from Chicago and you spent time in Quincy and you worked, quote, in the real world for for a few years. So, so let's start with you, uh, Deacon Burnt. Um, tell us your journey. I mean, Chicago to Quincy to the real world to now the priesthood.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you want to? I mean, I, I guess it, it has to just by necessity include spiritual elements, but I'll just go through the, the, the brute facts. Um, and uh, so I grew up in Chicago, in this city, uh, southwest side, about 115th and western. It was a very pretty Irish Catholic neighborhood, blue collar type. You know, my, we come from a very blue collar family. And, you know, we weren't anything crazy. Like, we, we went to church every Sunday um, and we, we prayed before meals, and, and both grandmas are like, you know, super Catholic. Um, I feel like a lot of grandmas are super Catholic. Yeah, grandmas, there. yeah, if you look at the heavy, like, from the world through heaven's eyes, the grandma's prayers are kind of the ones that keep everybody together. Um, and she grew up uh, five minutes away. So I went to the same high school as my dad, and, um, and then my other, my mom is from Milwaukee, actually, so we went back and forth between uh, Milwaukee and Chicago for, you know, big holidays and stuff. And then when I was 18 years old, um, I went to Quincy, Quincy University in Quincy, Illinois. Uh, and, and, and for the first time in my life, the only interaction really that I had with priests was that uh, brief moment um, kind of after mass when you're shaking hands. You like, you know, Father, you know, good homily or, or, you know, maybe I would ask a question here and there. But that's really it. I didn't really know priests. You know, a lot of people, part of their vocation stories, they, they have, you know, a sister in a family, or they know priests, or they, like, grew up with, you know, going to barbecues where priests were just, like, there and stuff.
0: And this is St. Francis Solanus? St. Francis Solanus. That's right. Okay. That's
1: right. And, uh, but what, at QU, I met the friars for the first time. Like, and they were, you know, in, in Habits, and I was like, they were, like, full of joy. And I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And I remember being on the phone with my dad when I was 18 years old. Just gave him a call to catch up, and I was like, you know, Dad, I think uh, I'm thinking about the Franciscans. I think I think I want to be a friar. And he's like, oh, great! And he was very supportive. Really, he was like, he was maybe a little (laughs) shocked, but he was very supportive. He's like, okay, awesome. So at this time, what are you what are you
0: majoring? What 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 was the game plan?
1: Uh, Finance. The game was kind of just uh, get married um, and maybe move out to Chicago, maybe stay in Quincy. I don't. I really didn't have a a set game plan at uh, 18 years old, but I was studying finance. Um, for some reason, I thought that like going into college, you had to pick a major before you got in there. So I was, I was like, uh, I kind of looked at a list. And I was like, uh, finance, finance covers it all. Yeah. And, I, and I just kind of rolled with it and it was good. You know, I didn't, I didn't dislike it, you know, but I wasn't in love with it. And of course that would, you know,
0: be obvious
1: as to why, uh, later, but, um,
0: but you ended up graduating. And, um, so you thought about, be, you know, being a friar, mm-hmm. but you still pushed through and graduated and then you got a job.
1: Yeah. I, yep. That's right. That's right. So then I was just, excited to, to get in the world, and then really after I graduated, I was kind of like, now what? Before then, it was like, you know, after a sophomore year of college or high school, you're just like, okay, what am I going to do next? Well was very obvious. You're going to do junior year. After junior year, senior year. But then after you graduate, you're like, okay, now the decisions are my own. What do I, What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And that's kind of when the, the question from when I was 18 kind of fell away, and then that, that question started coming up again, like, you know, what about what about being a priest? Still went to Mass at St. Francis Solanus in Quincy. Uh you know, every Sunday, never missed. Maybe, you know, just, I don't remember missing in any way, but I was still uh, just kind of asking God, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do with my life? And the priesthood slowly started coming into my mind.
0: Wow. That's that's incredible story. Now, now, Deacon Peter, uh, you obviously a completely different track, international flair uh, Mm -hmm. growing up in Nigeria. Tell us about your upbringing, what ultimately brought you to the priesthood and Again, that question, how the heck of all places you end up here in Springfield, <laughs> Springfield Illinois?
2: <laughs> um, mine is a long story, as we all expect or we all would know. Um, growing up, I grew up from a very in a very Catholic family. My dad is really super Catholic, one of those guys that are more Catholic than the Pope. You know? so, um, I thought you were going to say more Catholic than your grandma. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, um, he is really super Catholic and... Um, he had a lot of uh, encounters with the Irish missionaries who first came to southern Nigeria, um, so he served these guys and uh, knew many of them. And growing up, he would always tell us stories about Irish missionaries. And I kind of have always desired to be a missionary, but not a priest. Hmm. So um, I pick all this interest from the stories. He would tell us about Irish missionaries. I want to be a missionary. I always want to be a missionary. Um, But that was always like somewhere at the back of my mind. I wasn't like actively discerning it. Um, Right after high school, until after my high school, I wasn't really thinking of priesthood. Um, I wanted to be a medical doctor, I wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to be everything. So I was really thinking of what am I going to do with my life? Um, There was this moment of what I call a holy distraction. (laughs) <laughs> when I nearly got into the university to start my <coughs> studies, um, I fell sick. Okay. And during this period of sickness, I was really <sighs> thinking about what to do with my life. And there was this Camelite uh, priest, Father Emmanuel, who would always come and give me communion, anoint me every day. They think I was dying, you know, anoint me in the hospital. And, you know, having some interactions with this uh, Father Emmanuel, I was really thinking maybe this is what God is calling me to do you know I discussed it with him one day and uh told him just I want to be a missionary but not a priest he said well That's kind of complicated, but let's see how it (laughs) goes. Okay. Yeah. So I was
0: just tell God your plans to laugh at you, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So um,
2: I wanted to be a missionary, but not a priest because I wanted to really have my kid and uh, have my wife and kids. You know, I've always wanted to have a family like my dad. You know, something like that. But um, as I was discerning it, uh, I met I met with my cousin who is a priest. It's my second cousin, Father Uganda, who is a priest. I Met and discussed with him. He told me, well, get started. <laughs> get into a seminary and design it after one or two years. If, not, if it's not your calling, God will get you, get you out of that place. Yeah. That's how it works. So <laughs> I listened to him. I went to a religious community in Nigeria that was in 2010.
0: So at this point, you, you didn't go to the university. You, no. you said, I'm not, I'm not going to pursue medicine. I'm yeah. going to go this track and, and yes. see how it goes.
2: Yeah. So I got into the religious community and I was really discerning it and uh, discussed with my superior a couple of times, you know, that how I want to be a missionary and I don't, I don't think being around my people is, will give me that fulfillment I need as a missionary. I think I need to go out of, you know, out of my immediate environment. So he was thinking, okay, why not think of going to some other countries that need priests? Since we have some, um, we have an abundance of vocations around here. You can also mm-hmm. uh, think of going to other countries that may need missionaries. And, and really quick, uh, mm-hmm.
0: Deacon Peter, you know, I think there's this old adage right now that um, you know, Catholicism as a whole is mm-hmm. dwindling. Mm-hmm. Well, there are pockets, you know, America mm-hmm. and 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 Europe, where mm-hmm. unfortunately, we do see church decline and, and attendance, but. Yeah. There are South America and the Mm. Philippines and Africa Mm. where it's exploding. I mean, you just said,
2: you guys have an abundance of priests. Yeah, we have. I mean, that's like music to our ears to hear something like that. We have an abundance of vocation. and um, Catholicism is uh, growing in Africa, and especially in Igbo land, where I come from, in southern Nigeria. It's growing. Um, It's not like that some 50 years ago, but now we have not less than 60 dioceses within a very small geographical territory. <laughs> and uh, my home parish growing up has three new parishes now. You wow. know, mm-hmm. So church is growing there, and uh, we have so many priests. In my diocese alone, we have not less than 400 priests. And it's <laughs> oh a diocese of not more than 500, uh, 500,000 Catholics. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, wow. That's awesome. So, but we have a lot of these priests working in Europe and in America and different places in the world. So,
0: yeah. So, you're having this conversation and you're saying, I, I think I, I want to go outside of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And he's telling you, let's look at some other areas. So, mm-hmm. was
2: America immediate? Like, oh, no. Was- America was never in the picture. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, it wasn't in the picture at all. I, the first suggestion that came to me was going to Europe, some countries in, in Europe. And then um, I also was told by one of my friend priests about Philippines, I say, yeah, Philippines kind of makes sense, you know, Europe, I don't think I would feel like a missionary there, it's too developed. I Think it's more of so tourist places, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, let me try Philippines. And that's how I really made up my mind I would go to Philippines. Okay. And, uh, and went there. continued my religious formation. And, um, yeah, there I really loved it because I really f- felt that fulfilled as a missionary. I got, I got what I was longing for as a missionary. But God, didn't, God wasn't done with you there, though. So now he you're in the Philippines. Yeah. And, and from there, did you come to, the, to America? Yes, but not immediately. I was there for about five years. And uh, when I was there, actually, my discernment to be a priest— wasn't that strong. I have continued, my discernment to be a missionary was strong and I loved what I was doing, but I still kind of had a, how can I be a missionary and be a married man? You know, I was <laughs> thinking of these two things, you know, but with the spiritual direction constantly, you know, I was kind of narrowing my options down and kind of, you know, making my discernment stronger every day. And uh, I had a lot of uh, resources I needed. Some, many priests were supportive in my uh, discernment. I met uh, this wonderful priest, Father Namde. Uh, who is an oblate priest from um, Alton here? Yeah. He was ordained here in our, in our diocese, but uh, the congregation sent him to Philippines as a missionary. And when I met him, the very holy guy. So he became my spiritual director and a friend and a brother, everything. And uh, he was. What's, wa- it, what's this priest's name? Father Namde. Father Namde. Okay. Yeah. So he's a great guy. So um, when I was. Um, thinking yeah I think uh, and I would be a priest I'd love to be a priest I think um, I'm ready to really strengthen my discernment as a, uh, for the priesthood. He was telling me, yeah, why not stick with your, your community? I say, yeah um, I think I'm feeling called to a diocesan life. I like it here, I can continue, but i'm not sure I will get that you know fulfillment you know, I think i'm been drawn more into diocesan life. And my one of my formators in the community really saw that and pointed it out. And uh, for them, to say, oh, why not think about going to places like America or Europe? I say, yeah, those places... I- do they really need priests i need a place a place that they are lacking he said oh yeah america need priests yeah we need priests uh, we, we need yeah, good I mean, priests yeah i said oh, yeah but i have nobody in america i don't know anybody there How, i don't know it's not an option he said no he he is actually from there because until that point i didn't know he has anything to do with america mm. i didn't know um, he said yeah there is um, his home diocese in in us is springfield and they would need some vocations they would need
0: you probably never heard of springfield but you probably oh, heard, no. you probably heard of abraham lincoln
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've I've, be I've be heard about there. Chicago.
0: Yeah. oh that's the other thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're true, but not yeah, yeah. Springfield. If you're from Springfield, it means you're from Chicago. Yeah, from, yeah. Russia, yeah. yeah. When so. you were in Rome, because you studied in Rome, yeah, uh, Deacon so. Burr, did you just tell people, yeah, we're from Chicago, yeah, yeah, just, from to, Chicago. just to <laughs> just to <laughs> lump well, it all well, together? Well, I'm well, actually
1: from Chicago. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's So I wouldn't be lying. But but yeah, people were like, oh, we're vicino a Chicago. Yeah, close to Chicago. Just anywhere anywhere
0: eight hours within Chicago. So Deacon Peter, so so you're now talking to this. This priest and he's mm-hmm. an
2: Alton of all mm-hmm. places, and mm-hmm. so is he. He's ultimately the catalyst that brought you to the, our diocese. Exactly, I think it was through him that God did the whole work because he suggested a, a Springfield for me, and another friend priest, my cousin priest, uh, suggested Archdiocese of Atlanta and uh, kind of connected me there. And uh, I was weighing my options, and because at that, at that point these two dioceses were open to me, but I say Atlanta; it's a big place. I don't like these <laughs> two big places. So Springfield is like very rural, you know. It sounds kind of familiar to what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a very rural area in southern Nigeria, so kind of sound more familiar. Uh, and Father Namdi said, every single thing he said about Springfield was super positive. So I said, this guy knows this place very well. Mm-hmm. He's been there. you know." Um, cool. I think this, this is, let me try it out. And I didn't immediately, I was like praying over it and praying over it and praying over it and uh, I didn't find any reason in the course of my prayers not to yeah, um, give it a try. And uh, when he first contacted Father Alford, he was open to it. And
0: uh, and Father Alfred's our vocations
2: director. Yes, he asked me to send my application, and I did. And everything really worked and here, well. So. And here you are. So it's so it's so fascinating here hearing both your guys' stories.
0: And what strikes me is, I think there's maybe this notion that. And some of, some of our seminarians are like this. They just know from an early childhood. They're eight years old, mm-hmm. and you know they just go to the seminary right after high school. Bam, they become priests. But both of you struggled. Um, you know, Deacon Peter, you were thinking about becoming a doctor. Deacon Burnt, you were thinking about finance. And you know, it's interesting how God plants these mm-hmm. seeds. In essence, these people in your lives, the friars, a certain priest who obviously walked into mm-hmm. the hospital, and then the priest from Alton. So, so Deacon Burnt. When, when you hear his story and you think about your story, tell us about how, you, you know, you were struggling, but you could see God was just, was, was working and, and mm-hmm. changing those gears inside of you. And then, and then maybe what ultimately, did you have an aha moment or was it that gradual push? Uh,
1: there was definitely a singular moment I can point to, but it was, it was so, so much leading up to that. Um, I, I was just, I was just, I really, I really felt and I feel a great grace from a very early age, I felt like God was, was, was father, like daddy, like, uh, you know, Paul talks about Abba, father. And, and that's the best way I can describe it. Just like I can always talk to God about everything. I mean, I remember even in college, Erin um, Aaron, Aaron Danaher, who works for us now. <laughs> yeah. So she, she went to QU, We were like kind of contemporaries
0: <laughs> She's there. our director of human resources. Yeah, for the diocese. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then it was a conversation between her and then Eric Stites, who I ended up being the best man at his wedding. And they said, they asked me who my best friend was. I mean, I'm, talk, I'm not kidding you. This is like sophomore in college. And I was like, uh, you know, you guys are, you guys are making make fun of me, but it's God. God is my best friend. And then they're like, no, that's not dumb. That's not dumb. That's pretty dumb. And then, and then I was like, okay. But again, it's just amazing to look back at that moment. Like, oh, my God. I, can't, I, I cannot believe I said that. But I meant it. I meant it. So all that leading up and then, like, after college and kind of, like, wondering, still dating. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I had this crucifix above my door in my room. And I would just pray every night before I go to bed. Every night before I go to bed. Like, God, you know, what do you want me to do? And slowly, priesthood. And I was like, "No, <laughs> thank you." Okay, anything. I'll, I swear, I swear, God, I love you, and you know that I love you. But anything with that, I don't. That's just for the guys who just no, they aren't doing anything with their lives, man. That's, <laughs> the, that's the last. That's Plan B. Always yeah, Plan B. I say Plan B. Yeah, yeah, I say Plan E. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Plan yeah. And uh, but but that just slowly was sort of eroding because mm. that, that's just not true. And then finally, what I did is I, I actually just took the took the effort to sit down. With uh, so a, a friend of mine who was in college at the same time as me and, and ended up joining the seminary. Um, now he's a Benedictine monk, uh, 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 Brother Stanley Roder mm-hmm, Wagner. Mm-hmm. And so he said, just just sit down, uh, just sit down with, with Father Chris Hasta, the, the vocation director, um, who's, just, before just, who's before Father Alfred, before Father Alfred. And uh, that was it. And then my visit to the seminary was was absolutely instrumental. I just like at actually visiting the seminary. I was on an Amtrak from Chicago to Quincy. And I was just like on that train. It was a long, dark train, you know, probably 10, 10 p.m. at night. And I was going in and I was just reading this pamphlet from Mundelein Seminary, which I, where I visited. And I was reading this pamphlet. It was just, just, you know, just brute facts about the seminary. You know, this building was built in 1922. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we have all these beautiful campuses. And then I was just like sort of thumbing through it. And I was like, man. I think I'm going to be a priest. I think I'm going to be a priest. I mean, it wasn't the pamphlet, obviously, but it was just like, <laughs> it, it was, was Amtrak. It was, it was, it was Amtrak. Amtrak. <laughs> Amtrak. This is not a shout out there. Yeah. Uh, I take the train all the time. Um, so, your
0: aha moment was on Amtrak. It was on Amtrak.
1: <laughs> 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 I was just like, there was nobody in this car. I mean, I'm like looking around. I mean, like, I got there and I remember I didn't even have a winter coat. It was like, it was cold and I got out and I had to like get in my car. I just like, and I drove back and I was like, oh my God, I got to quit my job. I, gotta, I got to, yeah, but I'm going to be a priest. Like, it was like such a huge, Calming, like I mean, ordinary. You know, the the clouds didn't part, the sun didn't mm-hmm. like shine through, and you know,
0: oh,
1: <laughs> it was just like I, yeah, this is what I've been avoiding the whole time. This is it.
0: That is an awesome and hilarious yeah. story. Yeah. At the yeah. same token, <laughs> yeah, you very, know, it, yeah. it shows you God can show up, you know, yeah. in front of the Blessed Sacrament or sitting yeah. on a train in the middle yeah. of Central yeah, Illinois uh, on an Amtrak.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was somewhere in Central Illinois, somewhere.
0: <laughs> uh, now, Deacon Peter, um, you will be at the cathedral. Um, yep. What are you looking most excited to? What are you looking forward to? When someone says. Ultimately, why do you want to be a priest? What's your answer?
2: Well, it's like God has gradually and uh, powerfully brought me to where He needs. It's a long time I stopped really making my own wills of what I want to do. Because each time I plan what I really want to do, God changed the plan. So coming to the cathedral, I'm really looking forward to experiencing the priesthood. What is it all about? I'm excited about it. And uh, with God's providence, I think I'm surrounded with the best guys around. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited and I feel, yeah, it's the best spot to get started. And I'm looking forward to it. Visiting the sick. Um, celebrating the Eucharist, oh gosh, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. <laughs> I know, it. A
0: whole, I mean, this is a whole new ballgame for it's, you, I mean, yeah. you know, you spent all the time as a missionary, mm-hmm. and then of course training in seminary, mm-hmm. and now to be able to do the Eucharist, Eucharist confession, confession I mean, and, uh, the source and summit of our faith, I mean, that,
2: that, pre- that's, pre- preach to the kids, like I would be a chaplain in the high school, that's another exciting assignment, I can't wait, you know. To be with young people, answer these endless questions, you know, help them, you know, kind of journey with them, even ask them questions back, you know, because sometimes you don't really have the answer. You answer some questions with questions, you know, so, uh, so I'm looking forward to the whole thing. It's exciting. Um, I don't know much about what I'm going to see. It's like God taking the lead, but mm-hmm. I trust him, Like Right from the beginning, it's been him leading the way. Whatever he wants, he gets me to it.
0: Well, so. it's just, I mean, it's, you said it so poetically there. I mean, yeah, God, show me the way. I mean, just look at your own past life. I mean, Africa to the Philippines yeah. to an Alton, and then all of a sudden you're here in Springfield. And and Deacon Burnt, what, what are you looking forward to about being a priest? You're going to be at Christ the King on Springfield's west side.
1: That's right. That's right. You'll be my parishioner. I'll be your right. <laughs> parishioner. Yep, that's right. You're going to be teaching my kids. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I, uh, I'm looking forward to, um, uh, you know, I, I just... Uh, I think that God, there's nothing more real than God in in the world. I I, I believe that. I mean, I'm giving my life for that fact. Mm. But you know, I, and I want people. I just want to bring God to people and people to God. I mean, that's the that's the simple that's the simple. But I I really I really want to let people know in through the sacraments, through you know maybe teaching or just like, I don't know, like like if someone sees a priest praying, like it's the coolest thing to see a priest praying in a church, you know, like if I can just let people know that God is, is real and that he loves you and that he wants the best for you Mm -hmm. and that salvation is real. Heaven is real. um, If I can just, just do that in in any way that I can. What
0: what do you think, you know, you guys obviously have been, you know, training in the seminary school and um, you you know, you you were at QU and of course you were, you were in Nigeria. Is is there one thing um, you really want to, grab you know grab the bull by its horns and really mm. emphasize as mm. a priest that that maybe you think our children need our students need or our adults or or even you know late lukewarm catholics fallen away catholics is there one thing that you i'll start with you deacon burnt you really just you know this is going to be my like my emphasis and mm. my first year of priesthood i really want to hit this home mm.
1: you know that's a that's a I, I think about that a lot i really think about it a lot and i you know God will just sort of you know desires the d- desires will lead you you know where do you where do you want want to where you want to go and and I really think that like there's the the, the young people from the ages of uh, like high school to like to to forties like mid forties like there's just this sense that you know if you're if you're religious or if you somehow love God that this it's just it's kind of feathery mm-hmm. and and fluffy kind of stuff, and and I love God, you know, and everything, and and Jesus is Jesus is my friend, and, and, and he is don't get me wrong, and, and I do love God, but there's this sort of uh, it's like it's like a religion light that I, you know, it's I, lukewarmness, I, yeah, yeah, and I I, I want to just if I can just target the lukewarmness, the that's that's kind of my my thing, like this you're confronted with a decision. In front of God, and you need to just confront it. You know, yes, yes or no.
0: Well, I think one thing, just you know, talk, talking to both of you guys, the excitement, the joy, the charisma you have for the faith, I think ultimately will hopefully help, especially these young people be be, be, be mm-hmm. drawn to that. Uh, Deacon Peter, um, what's the, what is that one thing you want to really emphasize? You mentioned you're, you're going to be yeah. you're going to be a chaplain at, mm-hmm. at SHG. Mm-hmm. You have parishioners here at the, here at the cathedral. Uh, Is there an element of Catholicism you really want to drive home, or or what's kind of your your one punch this year for for the next year?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is uh, absolutely an element of Catholicism, but I know it's very Christian. Um, Look at our world today. There's so much hopelessness, and there's so much Mm -hmm. reliance on technology, and science, and everything, you know, outside of God. Um, Not outside of God, but, you know, I want to know, I want people to, know that God is still in control. In whatever situation, whatever is going on, whatever circumstances, God is still supremely in control of our lives and of the world. And this is what I think many of us don't get a lot of times. We don't think that God is really actively in control. We see a lot of things that are happening that can cause some despair, hopelessness, and people thinking, weird, why should I go to church? Why does the church matter? Why, do, why, why does believing in God matter? What, what a sense is faith in God. God is still in control. Mm-hmm. There is this peace I have really seen in people who really believe in God, mm-hmm. not just people who go to church, but people who really believe in God, who go to church and they practice what they hear and they really believe what they practice. Hmm. There's this peace that when I see it, I just wish, can just even 1% of the world population really have this peace? I It'd be a better place. It would be a wonderful <laughs> place. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's what I, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping to be able to communicate to people. God is still in control. Look at John Paul II, when he became Pope. One of the first things, famous things he said was, do not be afraid. Hmm. You know, We are so afraid of a lot of things in our time. Yeah. How can we convince people that God is in control? Not, not, nothing to worry about. Mm, right.
0: Yeah. Now, I ask this to everyone who's from another country who's mm. in America. Mm. So besides family, mm. what do you like about America mm. that Nigeria doesn't have? And what do you miss about Nigeria that America doesn't have? Good question. I'm <laughs> curious. It's a good question. You're curious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. Um, there's something in Nigeria, and especially in the Nigerian priesthood, while in the Nigerian culture especially, um, generally, the social life in Nigeria, I miss a lot. And how I wish we can get it every other place in the world, here in the U.S. and elsewhere. The social life in Nigeria is still strong, not just mm-hmm. about family. Friends matter. Friends are part of your big part of your life. Uh, it's not about me, 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 me. It's, it's, it's us. It's we. <sighs> this is what I miss a lot. In whatever situation, whatever circumstances, you are not alone. That's what I miss in my culture. Um, it's easy to trust rely on your friends. The trust in your friends. It's easy to say, okay, hey, uh, can, you, can you call me? Can we talk? Yeah, we just you know, spend some time on phone talk and just you know, you know, encourage each other, journey with each other, visit, you know, those things. But Do you
0: think some yeah. of that, really quick, is because maybe America is more developed and we've fallen into the trap of our phones... Internet and we get into our own little silos. Whereas maybe less developed, you 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 do you end up relying on each other because you actually do need each other because you don't have the reliance of technology or these.
2: That's a big part of it. It's a factor, but I don't I don't think it's the whole of it. It's not the whole the the whole thing. because even here in the U.S. I have seen people who are who really value families and friends, you know, who really would value spending time with each other. Um, spending time with you doesn't mean I would uh, not look on my phone, you know, that, you know. So it's not so much about that, but there is something about that involved. The more developed you become, the more um, you are focused on just... Technology and you have the technology around you to spend time with instead of other people. Yeah, there is something about that. But at the same time, when you uh, grow up in a family that um, when dad said, no, it's time for each other, the, the 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 order or the command is final. You don't you can't do yeah you can't do anything about it. So it's time to put your phone away and you know focus on what has been said. You know something like that. So yeah, you even some big cities in Nigeria, you go and you see people who have everything they need and things like that. But yeah, you still see see this social bonding among hmm. friends. You know, so there's something about that, but not gotcha. completely. So, um, so what do you what do you like about America that Nigeria doesn't have? Of course, it's very developed. <laughs> and um, the system works here than in Nigeria. Um, you, can, you may not trust the government, but you know the government will do what they need to do at some mm-hmm. point. But Nigeria, you may not trust the, trust the government, and uh, there is no hope they will get to, to their work. Mm. You don't just hope in that. Um, they say in America the judiciary is the last hope of the common man. You can't say that in Nigeria. There's, you know, the system doesn't really work. Hmm. So that's 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 what I like so much about America. I don't see in some other cultures, especially in Nigeria.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's a good reminder. I think you know as as. People who are born in America, mm. Deacon Burnt, I think we sometimes take everything for granted. I mean, mm-hmm. hearing your words, Deacon Peter, and I remember speaking to a woman from Mexico who's in Effingham, and I asked her that very, very same question, what do you like about America versus Mexico? And she said, you truly are the land of the free. Mm. Yeah. And I think we all take that take that for granted. Now, now, Deacon Burnt, you spent several years studying at the North American College in Rome, uh, so you're back. So I'll kind of, same kind of question. Um mm. <laughs> what do you what did you love about being in Rome for for several years versus being in America? And, and then ultimately, what do you what do you love about America that that Rome didn't have? Mm.
1: <laughs> you know, Italians, man, they know how to live. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they know how to live. Like they are just well, so What is just like food and siesta just so incarnational, that. man. They 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 like, you know, it's like they want to smoke a cig in the square, whatever. They want to have a good cappuccino. Like they love a good cappuccino. They love a good plate of pasta, you know, and, and they just they just they they appreciate um they have a great aesthetic. They 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 look good. The buildings are beautiful. Churches are beautiful. Um and and they you know, you'll have a, I had like a five hour dinner one time. They know how to live. Man. They're just like, oh, we got another course coming. All right, cool. Bring it in. You know? um, so that is, that is really cool. I've, I've definitely taken some tips of, you know, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to like enjoy each other's company. Um, yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. And uh,
0: and hopefully now, now that you're back, what what, what was some aspect of, of America culture or life that you, you uh, maybe you don't take for granted as much now? Yeah,
1: yeah. It is so clean here, man. It is so clean. Like it just like I, we appreciate. Like I just was was driving here today from Effingham to Springfield, and and it's like there's just they're mowing the lawn. Like the, the like uh, there was just this guy in a huge green John Deere tractor, and there was signs that were like you know a mile out that said mowing, and and I was like man, that's so cool. Like 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 you don't just let it grow. Like like no, we got to mow that. You know that's gotta be it's gotta look good. You know I'm like oh, that's cool, man. I don't know just. They seem like we just appreciate is everything so, so clean. And, and, and one last thing is just, uh, you know, people are just like customer service. Oh man, dude. Like, like it's about you. Like what, what can I, the company do for you, the customer? (laughs) We, you know, and it's like yeah, it, sure is, it's great it's awesome isn't
0: in Rome basically what can I not do to help yeah. you yeah <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's like oh we got a customer I yeah, should probably help him yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding I mean I'm not not, not everywhere yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm just I'm seeking in very general terms broad
0: strokes here oh that's hilarious yeah. well uh, we thank you guys so much for uh, coming on Dive Deep we also most importantly thank you for your vocation we'll be praying for you uh, June 19th the big date we will be there uh, celebrating with you I know you all be praying for us we'll be praying for you guys as well we look forward to your new assignment Deacon Burnt at Christ the King, soon to be Father Burnt. And Deacon Peter, he'll be at the cathedral soon to be Father Peter. Really quick, when I say that really quick, Father Peter, Father mm. Burn, is there? Is there any, like, is it goosebumps? Is mm. it kind of like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I don't want to jump the gun, but, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that we we're, we're, yeah, It's yeah. wild, man. It's, it's wild. wild. Right. I just
1: never thought, never thought I'd be a priest. Yeah, yeah. and here you yeah, are. Here God am. does amazing Best things. Best thing
0: ever. We well, thank you guys for coming thank in. You. This has yeah. been Dive Deep. If you would like uh, more podcasts, go to dio.org slash podcast. And again, we hope you stay safe uh, during this. A coronavirus pandemic. Please continue your prayers for, for all those who are suffering, for those who are on the front lines, for our government leaders, and for those who have lost their lives to the coronavirus. We'll keep you in our prayers, and we will see you next time here on Dive Deep.